0: Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. We struggle with judging others. We find ourselves miniature departments of justice, police, prosecutor, judge, jury, and jailer all in one. One comedian once asked, have you ever noticed that everyone driving slower than you is crazy and everyone driving faster than you is a maniac? In other words, each of us believes that we are doing what's right and best and all others must be wrong. We have a judgy spirit inside of us at times. Jesus said, watch out for that, that judging others invites judgment. It's like a magnet. We don't know why others do what they do, what their motives are. We can't judge that. We struggle even with figuring out why we do what we do. So beware of judging others. While self-judgment is important, it's also important that you tell the real from the false. Jesus said, beware of false prophets, wolves in sheep's clothing. And it's in this that he says, you shall know them by their fruits that grapes do not come from thorns, and figs don't come from thistles. Bad fruit doesn't come from good trees. Good fruit doesn't come from bad ones. By their fruits, Jesus said, you shall know them. Another translation says, just as you can identify a tree by its fruits, so you can identify people by their actions. I think that's important in our day and age. Words are the fruit of the lips. That fruit comes from the inner man. As we think in our hearts, so are we from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's a direct link between who we are and what we say. There's also a direct connection between who we are and what we do. Why am I saying this? Because we need to be fully cognizant in this day, in this age, That words and actions are revelations of characters. That there is an integration, a connection between the inner man and the outer man. So when we post something on Facebook and then pull it down and just say later, well, I was venting, I didn't mean that. Actually, in our heart of hearts somewhere, we did. For it flowed from our inner man. So Jesus said a good tree doesn't put forth bad fruit. You offered thorns and thistles and expected us to believe that you're a grapevine or a fig tree, but that's not how it works. We need a fresh baptism of character in how we connect with others. Hello, my name is Ken Gurley, and all of this week on our daily devotions, we're going to be talking about building relationships. I came across a book a while back on tests of character by the late pastor Harry Emerson Fosdick. This is the man that Dr. Martin Luther King once called the greatest preacher that ever lived. Fosdick wrote a series of articles for a magazine on the subject of character that were compiled in a book. He said that character can be tested by questions. Let me give you a few of the questions that he asked and see how it relates in your life. The first question, can I keep first things first? In building good relationships with people, it's important that we have priorities. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 20 that a soldier was commanded to guard a prisoner. But he said, as I was busy here and there, the prisoner escaped. We get busy with the secondary, and the primary goes lacking. Can you keep first things first? The late Vance Havner once told a story of an elderly man traveling in South Africa. He noticed some boys shooting marbles and he thought fondly of the days when he was a child doing the same. Upon closer examination, the elder noticed that these weren't marbles. He picked one of them up and realized these boys were playing marbles with rare blue diamonds. How true that is in life. We often waste our talents and energies and time on the trivial. We squander something so very precious. In a village outside of Switzerland, a clockmaker made a large iron clock, but against its iron face, he put hands of solid gold. He was asked, why did you put such an expensive instrument on a clock made of iron? He said, because time is golden. How do we spend our time? Only one life, so soon it will pass. Do we spend time in the Word of God? Do we glean from elders, either from sitting at their feet or reading of their lives, their triumphs, their struggles? What can we do? We can become a better steward of time to keep first things first. Write out our priorities. Reduce commitments. Pull some irons out of the fire. Learn to say no to the good and yes to the best. Schedule our days, because if you don't, someone else will. Pray over your schedule. Kick out the time wasters. You're never going to bat a thousand. You'll never score a hundred, but give it your best. That's the first question of character that builds relationships. Can you keep first things first? Here's the second one that Fosdick mentioned. Can I keep a right spirit? It's an old law, the law of restitution, Someone has taken something from me. It must be restored. The Old Testament prescribes restitution for all manner of things. Oxen, fields, manslaughter, murder, kidnapping, rebellious children, unborn children. The general law went like this. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. So it basically means this, you hurt me, I will hurt you in return. Paul, however, gives us a different strategy. He said in Romans 12, overcome evil with good, that this is the way of love, the more excellent way, Paul said. The winning strategy is to forgive. Father, forgive them. It's a peaceable path, says the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, follow peace with All men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Two things rob us of our chances to see God, being unholy and having friction with mankind. Three words, hear them carefully, get over it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The third question, am I content? You may say that's a strange question, but people with character and integrity have an inner peace and source of happiness. They know they are who God meant them to be, and they're doing what God called them to do, and therein, they found contentment. This world is a miserable place for many. Sleep clinics abound. Divorce courts are full. People scrambling for one attainment or one thing after another. But godly people are contented people. And contentment is not a place. It's not having a certain house. It's not having a certain job. It's a decision. It's a viewpoint. It's a perspective. Man's happiness comes from how he sees and how he views life. Do you know that fog that seems so thick is really nothing more than just a minuscule amount of water vapor? In fact, condense the moisture in one city block of thick fog and you'll only have a few tablespoons of water. Tyndall once said a bucket or two of water whipped into a cloud can obscure an alpine peak. Yes, the heights of life are often hidden by just such things. Contentment is a part of character. And contentment comes from right thinking. And that right thinking will reveal itself in your associations, your relationships, your behavior, your habits. Paul said, I have learned to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Enroll in that school of contentment. Learn to be happy truly happy in your heart we've asked three questions thus far can i keep first things first can i keep a right spirit am i content here's a fourth one am i obedient for the thousands of books on leadership out there there are very few on how to be a servant paul said that jesus made of himself no reputation he humbled himself he became obedient to the death of the cross and he tells us in philippians 2 to be like-minded To be obedient lawlessness abounds you find it everywhere people doing their own thing lovers of selves more than lovers of God children of God are obedient Paul said follow me as I follow the Lord if we can't follow others following God then we'd better check which way we're walking Amos said that God took him from following the footsteps of the flock to be the prophet of Israel Only those who know how to follow know how to lead. Obedience in small areas opens opportunities in large areas. Here's the fifth and final question. To reveal the character that can build relationships in our lives. Question number five. Do you have the power to see it through? There's not much difference between the person who perseveres and the one who doesn't. It's just a matter of character It's the person who says, by God's grace, I'm going through. I'll not give up. I will not allow the name of Christ to fall in the mud. I'm going to pick up the banner and carry it forward. Do you remember when they came to Nehemiah and said, they're coming to kill you tonight. Go hide in the temple. And Nehemiah responded, should such a man as I flee? In other words, what would that say of my character? I'm not going anywhere. I'm here no matter what comes. A lot of people focus on beginnings, of having the right advantages, of knowing the right people and having name recognition. But the Bible focuses more on how you finish than how you begin. Be thou faithful unto death. Go to the end of Paul's life. He said four things about his life. Life is a journey. The time of my departure is at hand. Life is a battle. I've fought a good fight. Life is a race. I have finished my course. Life is about a trust. I've kept the faith. If anyone could have given up, Paul could have. He started out all wrong. He put Christians to death. He was ostracized at first. He was held at arm's length. Five times beaten with 39 stripes. Three times beaten with rods. Once stoned and left for dead at Lystra, three times he suffered shipwreck. A night and a day, floating in the deep, perils of waters, robbers, friends, strangers, weary, hurting, hungry, and thirsty. And then there was that thorn in the flesh. But he must have remembered what Jesus told Ananias. I will show Paul how much he must suffer for my name'sake." I stood in the tomb where Paul was allegedly incarcerated. And I whispered, God, if he saw it through, so can I. It's thought that sick, twisted Nero had Paul executed. But today, parents name their sons Paul and their dogs Nero. Character survives. Character will always be revealed. We need a revival of character to keep first things first, to keep a right spirit, to be obedient, content, and persevering unto the end. Do we really think we can do any of those things on our own? No. Without the yea and the amen in our lives, without the one who is called the yes, the Lord Jesus Christ, only there can we say goodbye to thorns and thistles and embrace the fruit that God can bring in our lives. To build strong relationships then is to build character on the inside and God will bring the right relationships. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at KenGurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.